I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I'm Dori Shafrir. And look, we're not experts, okay? We're not. We're two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And other things. And so many other things. Although, you're coming in hot because you're using a new moisturizer? Where? What? Who? (sighs) Kate. There's a lot I don't know right now. I know. I know look, we had a break and a lot happened. Yeah, I feel like you've gone like through a transformation over this kind of holiday <laughs> downtime. <gasps> and I, look, I understand um, I don't need to be brought along on every ride, but I am, ex- let me just say I'm excited to catch up and I want to know what? Tell okay. me more. So this brand reached out to me on Shop My, which is like a, you know, the influencer platform that we use for product recommendations. And they said, can we send you some products? We make um, like makeup brushes and we have a couple of skincare products. And I said, yeah, great. And they sent me some of their makeup brushes, which are lovely. And they also sent me two of their moisturizers and their cleanser. Their cleanser is lovely. I like it but I really like their moisturizers and I especially like their intense hydration cream. Now they describe it as a rich and substantial texture. I think that this is what you Kate Spencer would describe as a thick cream. Hashtag thick. Hashtag thick. Okay. I'm listening. And what I like also, it is fragrance free. It is essential oils free. I could go on a whole rant about essential oils and skincare. Oh. oh. But I'm not really a fan. I feel like it's, it's, they're often, they can be irritating to mm-hmm. people's skin. Mm-hmm. The fragrance, I all, often personally find irritating. And they just like sneak up on you. Like you're like, oh, this is natural, quote unquote. But it's, it's, you know, scented. This has no scent. I love that. Okay. Um, it has shea butter. It has niacinamide. It has glycerin. It has macadamia seed oil. It has an algae complex. It has adenosine. I have no idea what that is. They also tell you what percentage of the product those things are. 
which I feel like is rare. Um, they also do this thing where they get, com- they call it community input from their users. So mm. like the regular price of the intense hydration cream is $26, which I feel like is reasonable. But you can also get a concept store discount, which costs $12. And then they will send you a feedback form 60 days after you buy it. And you just have to give them your feedback. Oh, now this is a cool concept. So it's almost like you're a test, like you're like kind of yes, reviewing you're like a the tester. Product? Yes, huh. exactly. So that's interesting. Yeah. And then I guess they like tweak their products based on feedback. They say that we design best in class products by crowdsourcing customer feedback. So I don't know. That's cool. I it's not greasy. It's very hydrating. It's like it's great. It's exactly what I was looking for in a night moisturizer. Well, I'm excited that you're starting this new year off with nourished skin. (laughs) Thank you, Kate. (laughs) (sighs) I don't make many prod recommendations anymore, but I felt like I needed to make this prod recommendation. You don't. And I find that like you kind of, you're settled into your routine. You know what you like. I do. And I do. Yeah. And so that means you really like this. I do. I really like this. It's been kind of dry here in LA. Oh, it's so dry. Yes. And I just, I need something very thick. You sound like one of my romance novels. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I had like a chuckle because I was kind of just doing some reading on some test results I got back after getting some blood results. And uh, one of the things I was reading suggested that I start taking CoQ10. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. That reminds me of Dory. Except she puts it on her face. Well, I guess you were also taking CoQ10 at the time. Yeah, when I was doing um, IVF, they they had me take CoQ10 before my egg retrieval. CoQ10 well, is one of those things that like is just like good for you. <laughs> you know, like, like vitamin just, C and all of Kind of like it just like does all these things for your mm-hmm. like cardiovascular health and like all kinds of it gets your blood pumping like it's it's good stuff. Well, I might I might be taking it and I just was like, you know, everything is full circle with this podcast. One minute we're putting CoQ10 on our faces and the next minute we need it for heart health. I mean, yeah. I have been using the Indie Lee CoQ10 spray pretty oh, that religiously. Is pretty nice. Yeah. Indie Lee. Okay. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard them mentioned either. You seem to be have you have like a whole world going on right now that <laughs> information on listen kate i'm an open book you are well is this kind of also part of your like new year kind of refresh a little bit like do you feel like 
go on. I, I just didn't know if like your, you know, your, your kind of work refresh that you've been doing, I guess we could mm-hmm. call it, or like mm-hmm. yoga mm-hmm. refresh. You've kind of mm-hmm. been like, you've been working on consistent practices mm-hmm. in all those areas. Yes. Do you feel like that's also happening with like your prots? Maybe. I mean, this moisturizer I just got like a couple weeks ago. Okay. So it's too um, soon to say. It's a little too soon to say, but so far so good. I'm I'm really into it. Yeah, Kate. I mean, you wrote in our little document here. I don't know if I'm feeling terrified or optimistic about this new year. <laughs> Could go either way. I don't know. I don't know. I'm having a lot of anxiety right now. Yeah. I'm I'm talking about consistency. I'm I, you know, I had been going like doing therapy, you know, like one or two times a month. I'm about to get back into some like weekly therapy. I think that'll be nice. good for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm having a lot of anxiety and just like last night I had to do some breathing exercises at one in the morning where I was like, I could either sit here and like marinate in self-loathing and self-doubt for the next until seven in the morning, or I could Mm. try to calm myself down. And it actually worked. I was shocked. I was shocked that I fell asleep. Yeah. Cause I was starting to have like my brain kind of does stuff when it gets into this kind of like heightened state that can, it can be really hard Mm. to like quiet it all down. Like, I don't know how to describe this. Like I'll get a, I think this is an ADD thing, actually. Like, I get a song. It's not, it's like beyond getting a song stuck in my head. It's like the song is living inside of me and I can't turn it off. It's, and then hmm. I, I get kind of um, this, like, I get super spiral, like negative thoughts. You know, I mean, look, there's so much, like, awful stuff happening in the world that is impacting people. And, it can be very hard to then be like, today I'm going to like Instagram the book I'm working on. Like it just, mm. everything can feel very, it's, it's, I, I'm struggling to like feel like I can hold space for everything because sometimes I feel so overwhelmed by sorrow. Mm. I realize that sounds very bleak and I don't mean it to be. I am not like in a state where I'm like, I'm not, I don't think I'm depressed. Um, I just think sometimes like it is really hard to like hold the grief uh, around us mm-hmm. on like, like what's happening, it, like not even just what's happening on a global level, but then in our own lives, you know, it's like sometimes it can, it's so overwhelming to experience what's happening in the world that it's like uh, also shit is just hard in our own lives sometimes, yes. you know? So I have to kind of learn how to like, make space for that, but also learn how to like, um, turn it off when it starts to become too much, Mm -hmm. which again, it's like, I realize not everybody has that. And then, then I start feeling, you know, then I spiral into that or I'm like, I can, I can turn this off and not everyone can. Mm. Dory, I just love a spiral. I love a spiral. I get it. I mean, yeah, I get it. So, you know, I think also when you have like a full on fucking anxiety disorder, um, 
like feeding the the beast of your anxiety is not always the best choice. So that is, I guess that's more what I'm saying is like, yeah, I have to, I have to like tame the beast, the anxiety beast. So that is, but I also like, I do think there is also a part of me, you and I talked on our Patreon exclusive casual chat about this, like, no, regardless of all the like messaging about new year and, you know, new change and all this, there is this kind of nice feeling of like, you know, like pressing the clear button on a calculator. Totally. Feeling when you're like a big number and then you clear it and you're just like, oh, thank God I'm back. Like there's that feeling in this month that I do appreciate. And I do like to like take a minute to just kind of like reset a little bit and be like, okay, well, how am I going to go into this year? And then obviously like the year can do its own fucking, you know, you have no control over it. Right. I did that last year and then last year threw me for a loop. So yeah, but that's what just what I've been thinking about, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think having a sort of externally imposed um, opportunity for reset, such as the change of the calendar year, Mm-hmm. you obviously don't have to buy into it or take advantage of it. But like for me personally, I like 2023 was a lot and it did feel good for me to press the clear button on a calculator. You know, I, same, I think, I think same. Um, there's just that kind of nice feeling of like, it's not even wiping the slate clean because you're not disregarding all the things that have come before, but it's just a little bit of like, okay, I can like close that book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, should we open the book of the interview of this episode? (laughs) It was a weak segue. segue. I'll work on my segues (laughs) in 2024. Uh, yes, let's do that. All right. Well, before we share our guest, I do just want to note that you can always visit our website, which is forever35podcast.com. We're on Instagram at forever35podcast. The Shop My shelf that Dory mentioned, you can find some of our products that we love at shopmy.us slash forever35. And we are on Patreon. You can sign up to join us for bonus content there at $5 a month. It's patreon.com slash forever35. And you can also sign up for our newsletter at forever35podcast.com slash newsletter. If you want to share a moisturizer you're loving or your feelings about starting this new year, or really your feelings about anything else, you can leave us a voicemail. You can send us a text message at 781-591-0390. You can also email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. Now, on to our guest today. We're talking to the great legend, Felicia Day. A legend. That's really kind of the only way to describe her, right? A legend? She's a legend. She has appeared in numerous TV shows and films, including Supernatural, Eureka, and The Magicians. She has been on the web series The Guild. What else, Dory? She created a production company called Geek and Sundry that had over 2 million YouTube subscribers. She, like in a lot of ways, she was far ahead of her time when it came to internet things. Always. Um, like, yeah. 
one of the earliest adopters. Yes. And it's very cool. It was very cool to talk to her and have her kind of like reflect on her own career and where she's at now and what she's doing now. She's a, you know, this new um, Audible series that's very cool. And she's just, she's a very interesting person. She really is. I really enjoyed our chat with her. So did Um, I. So without further ado, here is Felicia Day. I am the first to admit that gift giving is not easy for everyone. It's taken me a long time to become like a halfway decent gift giver. But what I have learned is that the best way to win the gift giving game is to gift memories. Ooh. And you know how you do that, Kate? I'm I'm ready. I'm listening. The Aura Digital Mm -hmm. Frame Mm -hmm. preloaded with decades of family photos. We have gifted this to many people. And when you gift this, your family will love looking back on childhood memories and seeing what you're up to today. Even better, with unlimited storage and an easy-to-use app, you can keep updating the frame with new photos. So it's really the gift that keeps on giving. It's super easy to set up. It takes literally two minutes. You download the app. You set up the Wi-Fi. Boom. Boom. You're good to go. Yep. We have given this to my parents. We've given Mm -hmm. this to Matt's parents. Mm -hmm. Same, same. It's so easy because you can add photos from the app like anytime you want. And also like my brother has the app so he can add photos from his family. My sister has the app so she can add photos. My parents also have it. So they also add their own photos. That is one of the coolest parts I think of the Aura Frame is that everybody can contribute. Yes. I love that about uh, we have two aura frames in our house i have Ooh. one in my office and yeah and one in our family room and do my they kids have, love it do they have the same pictures on them no they have different pictures <gasps> Ooh, mm-hmm. oh that's interesting maybe i should get one from my office I'm looking at a picture of my in, children right now right interesting mm-hmm. hmm. putting that away for later store that Yes. Uh, The Aura app lets you share photos more securely than with email, which is what many other digital frames require. And also, then you're not taking up your email storage. So, win-win. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Forever 35 listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code forever35 at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, look, I don't know about you, but when I hold on to some negative feelings, it really starts to impact my day to day. I get a little snippy and short with the people in my life. Things start to really feel overwhelming. And look, it's just generally not great for me or for the people that I am interacting with. And I do find that my time in therapy is a real safe space to get those things off my chest and figure out how to work on and work through things that are weighing on me Mm. or maybe weighing on you. For example, like I have actually really been working on mindfulness in therapy Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Easier said than done, but that's the work, right? Like just learning about kind of like really creating a breathing practice and paying attention to my physical body and my feelings. 
Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and to learn productive coping skills. If you're thinking about trying therapy, try BetterHelp. It's convenient and accessible anywhere because it is 100% online. All it takes to get started is filling out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you're not vibing with the therapist, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Forever35 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Forever35. You know, one thing I think is really kind of interesting about skin, my skin, but all skin, is that like what it needs now in my 40s is not what I needed in my 30s. Totally. Definitely not what I needed in my 20s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, how are you supposed to know what your skin needs? It's hard. It's hard to know. Especially when there's just like so many products out there. The overwhelm is real. It's a struggle to even know how to get the results you want, what products to start with. This is why we're super excited to partner with Apostrophe. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed medications that are clinically proven to help. I have used Apostrophe. I love it. They will pair you with a board-certified dermatologist who literally creates a personalized treatment plan for your skin. I have done this a few times now. It is so easy to do their online consultation. You upload photos And like within a few weeks, I had done a consultation and received my treatment plan and my product. Amazing. And that is how I became a Tretinoin gal. I love the Tretinoin that they sent me. I love their sunscreen. Both products have been amazing on my skin. And you, Forever 35 listeners, can get a special deal from Apostrophe. You can get your first visit for only $5.00. That's at apostrophe.com slash forever35 when you use our code forever35. Now, that is a savings of $15. I like that. This code is only available to Forever 35 listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash forever35 and click get started. And then use our code forever35 at sign up and you will get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. I think it's safe to say that we have suffered through bras. We've been uncomfortable in them. We've devoted whole episodes to finding good ones. But I'm here to say enough is enough. 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 I mean, Dory, have I ever told you? Have I ever told you what I did in college when I needed a bra to wear with a fancy dress? What? I cut the top of pantyhose and then I duct taped that to my chest. Oh. Sounds uncomfortable. Because <laughs> I, I didn't have honey love when I was in college. No. Well, we are here to say no more being uncomfortable. With no. Honey, no. With Honey Love's bras, you will wonder why it took so long to make something so comfortable and so supportive. There's no underwire, but through some kind of wonderful magic, they managed to not sacrifice lift. All while making it in a fabric that's so comfortable, you barely know it's there. Especially the crossover bra. I wear one of these almost every day. I'm wearing one right now because it's so comfortable and it easily fits into my life. But if you like a breathable and versatile legging, Honey Love has you covered on that front too. Plus, they have tanks, shapewear, and their V-bra that has molded cups still without the underwire to keep Mm -hmm. you from getting that dreaded uniboob effect other more relaxed bras tend to give you. 
So treat yourself to the best bras and shaper on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we send you. Treat yourself to Honey Love because you deserve it. Felicia, hello and welcome to Forever 35. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. I love your title. I love you guys already. Uh, We are very pumped. We're very pumped about this. We've got a lot of questions. We've already had an engaging conversation before we started recording about (laughs) stool samples Mm -hmm. for the doctor. I mean, listen, we are going to get into it. Before we dig deeper into our conversation, we like to ask every guest on Forever 35 about a self-care practice that they have that means a lot in their life. Judging from your reaction, you clasped your hands to your chest. Does that mean you have one that resonates well, with you? Listen, no, I was I kind of got excited because I saw you guys cover skincare. And I never get to talk about skincare because I'm always doing like yes. geeky podcasts or like comedy. And like no one wants to talk about what's really important in life, which is lotions for your face. So if we want to touch on that later, I mean, I guess my self-care is that I get to play video games and I use it as an excuse to get away from my daughter, but also just keep me going because I love video games, but transitioning to a parent, I have a six-year-old. Um, it kind of encouraged me to let go of things that um, probably weren't that important in my life, but video games are super important to me. And so the fact that I get to do them a couple times a week as an excuse for quote unquote work is very important self-care for me. I wish I could say that I do sound baths or yoga or anything probably better for my spirit, but no, no, I just like to jump, you know, hold a sword virtually or like grow a plant virtually and just kind of sit there on a heating pad and just kind of play. That's me. I think you are the first gamer who we've had on the show. Really? Oh, I'm so honored and flattered. I think so. Kate, is that accurate? I Yes, I believe it is. I mean, unless you count you and I dabbling in Animal Crossing, which I don't count. It's a game. I mean, no. I count it, but it's it's a game. But I think you are the first person who I feel like we've had that is truly passionate about gaming and is a long lifetime player, yeah. essentially. I, I have to tell you, Animal Crossing, I, I wish I could show you my island because I decorated my house over COVID just like Restoration Hardware. Like, it is a beautifully laid out house. I... I do have a public code somewhere, but I think you guys would be proud of the way that I very tastefully decorated my house. The rest is just a riot of color and and strange squirrels and everything like that. But I do feel like I brought some taste to my (laughs) island area. Yeah. I would love to see you guys' because you clearly have a very good fashion sense. Mine is now like covered in snow and leaves. I was going to say wild. mine probably has so many weeds at this point. Like, and, yeah. and they would the the ta- the villagers would be like, "Where have you been?" Oh, <laughs> the villagers would be so mad. They're so passive aggressive. They're like, "Oh, it's been a while." They and are like, so passive aggressive. Yeah, oh but I am a gamer. I love it. I do it with my daughter. She's going to be a gamer. Hopefully, we have that in common. And. You know, uh, I don't Mm. think it's that niche, but it is something that especially women don't talk about a lot, especially, you know, my age. It's it's one of those things like, hey, lady, get over it. I'm like, no, I'm not going to get over it. Sorry. (laughs) I just love it. Yeah. How did you get into gaming as a kid? My mom played video games on a computer. She played like text adventure games and we had an Atari, but she never really got any 
you know, consoles for us, but we played a lot of games on the PC. So yeah, it was, it, I think you kind of have to see your parent do it. Although I've talked to other people mm. who said that, no, my parents didn't game, but I got it from a sibling or like a friend at school. And yeah. right. Yeah. So you kind of have to see other people do it and want to join that lifestyle and, and have it as your hobby, just like anything else. Can I just ask about sitting on a heating pad? Oh, can you tell us a little bit about this right setup would, that you have? Why would you not sit on a heating pad, ladies? Do you sit on a heating pad all the time? Well, okay. I had some really bad back problems this year. I had a pillow accident, which is <laughs> the most middle-aged thing you can talk about. I just slipped on a pillow wrong. I was traveling a lot for work. And I had a nerve compression that was so painful. And, you know, I went to every place to try to get it done. I accidentally went to a Reiki healer who just told me it was my kidney and just hovered her hands over me for $250. Like I went the gamut of LA sort of new new age healing. Finally, the one thing that actually worked was just hiring a trainer to come and make me work out twice a week because I'm very lazy physically. But it got me into the habit of just being warm all the time like a cat. And so I just sit on a heating pad when I'm on, you know, when I'm doing gaming or working on a, and I just tell you, it's great. I recommend it highly. Kate, I feel like you would, you, you could get into the heating pad life. I have it. Well, I sleep with a heating. I have a heating pad in my bed that turns off after two hours in the winter. That's like a winter thing, Mm -hmm. but I'll put it at my feet. Mm -hmm. I also have a tiny hand a USB charged hand warmer that I keep at my desk and I have a um, space heater at my feet. I love being warm. I hate being cold. We're like lizards. I I, I agree with you. I I want that USB Um, hand warmer. That feels like the best stocking stuffer I could imagine. I've never seen anything like that. I will. I will share a link with you. It's, I just, I don't know. Last year I was so cold in my little office space that I somehow Googled hand war. I don't know. I don't know where it came from, but I feel you on the need to be warm. Um, but you said something, oh my gosh, now I'm spacing, but you said something I wanted to ask about. Hold on, let me, wait, you're sitting on a heating pad. Mm. Oh, you said the thing, the thing that helped was exercising. Yeah. And I find this really interesting as I am like starting to, you know, kind of exercise. I, I exercise twice a week in like a small fitness group with the intention of like mobility and wanting to be able to like move without pain mm-hmm. as I get older. Mm-hmm. And I-, I guess I'm just curious to learn a little bit more. Like you had this thing with your neck after the pillow. Yeah. And then did you find like strengthening or stretching or moving helped alleviate the pain? Yeah, it helped. I mean, nothing else helped. I did acupuncture. I did pain. You know, I was like, I was about to go in and get some extreme stuff done. And I just got the guy to come in and, you know, it's just an expense I have. It's the, the price of going old. You know, I'm not going to go dancing once a week or twice a week. I'm not going to go to I, – I, ever since I – I used to use, like, class pass and go to dancing and bar mm. method and all that stuff. I have a child. Any minute away from her is doing the things I need to do. And that's not self-care, which, okay, that's about a life balance I need to figure out. But, yeah, I wasn't working out. I bought an elliptical. I'm looking at it. I fully intend on getting on it one day. It's very pretty. It's very in the corner of my room. And so I, I essentially was like, you know, the, the part of my back where I, I messed, I had the nerve compression was where, you know, you're hunching over on a computer all day. And so basically I was like, I, I'm not going to do these bands by myself. I don't even know how I would do that. I have, this is the price of getting old, having someone come twice a week and just give me an hour workout and do all the bands. And, and within a week I was feeling better. And within three weeks I was like, oh, wow. wow. So you know what? Uh, I tried everything that was quick fixy and 
just get it better. And I think it's just a lifestyle thing. Yeah. One of our, our past guests, um, who's an author, Jasmine Guillory, talks about how she started doing yoga every day and how her back pain just like, like chronic back pain just was so alleviated mm. just by the practice of like gentle movement. Yeah. Which I think we forget, we forget, like mm-hmm. sometimes I forget, which is I sit in this chair like 12 hours a day and you're obviously a gamer. So you're in a chair. Yeah. Unless you stand in game. Is anybody like on a walking pad gaming? I, or- I will say that I have in the corner, the other corner next in f- behind my elliptical, which I do not get on and I just have to do it. 15 minutes a day, guys. 15 minutes a day will do it. I have a standing desk with a um, a treadmill underneath. And I will say that I use it not for gaming, but when I have to watch it, I do a lot of hosting and sometimes I have to watch TV shows or I just want to watch a TV mm. show. That's the best way. I can't do creative work when I'm walking. I can't do like, you know, first draft like creative work, but I can do any kind of emails any of that. And I, I will say that it does help. It does just moving your body. You're absolutely right. We shouldn't be sedentary. We should be in like a field. We should all be dead at 30, but I guess biologically. <laughs> we all died in childbirth. Yes. But yes. <laughs> but my child is going to turn seven. And like, according to the history, oh, wow. I should be sending her off to do a trade at that age, right? She should be out of the house. So we're different now, but we do need to maintain some body awareness. Yes. Um, you mentioned that you game with your daughter now. I'd love mm-hmm. to hear about that and what games you play together, what her relationship is like with gaming. Um, I think for some parents, there's like a fear around games, video games. And I'm wondering kind of what what would you say to people who who's maybe their kids are interested in video games, but they don't know how to kind of navigate that world if they are not gamers themselves or even if they are. Yeah, I think it's a tricky, I mean, screen time in general is tricky. It's really tricky. And I try to screen what my daughter watches and she doesn't necessarily, she didn't, okay. She didn't watch it. She didn't look at any screens until she was three years old. I was very, very strict. No phone games, no nothing, no videos, no. And it was hard. I mean, I flew a lot. There were a lot of stickers all over that I had to clean up at the end of a flight. But it was important to me because I know that the studies show that, especially under two, it's not good for them to watch quick cut things. It's not good for their brain development. So I was super strict. And then when she was three, I was like, okay, baby, we're going to play Switch. So (laughs) I had... (laughs) And I will say that I would kind of rather her watch a video game and play a video. She generally watches me play. She wasn't in, she's not really comfortable with using her controller. Even now she plays a couple of games on her iPad. Now that we fly, she can, I I have some screen games. Some of them are like programming. Some of them are reading. Some of them are just fun, like bejeweled or like a Tetris, like block party or something like that. Um, But to me, that's an active brain versus a passive brain. And I don't, unless you're allowing your child to play six hours a day with strangers online, which you know, Roblox is something I will never let her play, mm. but Minecraft is like Lego in a video game. So like, what's wrong with that? What is wrong with learning strategy, thinking ahead, um, being active brain-wise? So I personally think it's healthy. And the times that we play together, she's eating a fruit plate or a vegetable plate and telling me, hey, mama, ground pound when we're playing Mario. So um, <laughs> to me, it's a bonding thing. To me, it is like an active, you know, technical brain thing. And I don't, 
as long as you're aware, I don't think there's a problem. Now, you know, the violence of video games, I don't even play Zelda with her because I'm afraid, you know, mm. we're killing animals. I get it. Everybody's level is different. Some kids are playing Call of Duty at six. I don't, I don't want to judge, but I do judge a little bit. But at the end of the day, you just have to be consistent and kind of establish some uh, parameters. And we've played like board games since she was a very, very small kid. And I think that is an amazing way to bring your family together. Mm. So yeah, long story short, I'm pro-gaming, but with the caveat that everything should have limits and be supervised. Also, like, it sounds like you set the boundaries that are right for you and your family, right? Exactly. Like, uh, you know, every family is different. Every parent-child relationship is different. I think that's – I like your approach. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I would love for her to actually use the controller, and I keep trying to find different controllers where she feels comfortable. Um, I would definitely, if you're thinking about that uh, with your kid, definitely I would think the Switch is a really wonderful platform where you can, mm. you know, you can get more violent games on there, but they're very limited. And if you limit to them to physical cartridges, like all the Mario games are amazing. Toad's Adventure, like Yoshi's Craft World, um, you know, Mario Party, Mario Go, you know, Mario Kart. All those are fun things you could do together. And so I think that the, the challenge is you're like, oh, go escape into a screen and live your own life by yourself. I think that's where I feel a little bit wary. Even when she's on her Yoto listening to like a story, I'm like, oh, I should be in there kind of enjoying this with her because we're all going to end up on our screens by ourselves later. Let's try to preserve that as long as possible. Yeah. I do love Mario Kart. My family will have like a Mario Kart night and play all together. And I am excruciatingly bad, <laughs> but I freaking love it. I love it so much. Um, and it is fun to do all, t- like it is an, I, I like what you're saying. That's an active thing. I mean, could we also be like going for a walk? Well, sure. Yeah. But you know, we don't, I don't want to, I want to play freaking <laughs> Mario Kart. Um, I, w- I wanted to kind of ask about like your experience now as a Gen X. I, know, I think you're like right on the cusp like I am, yeah. but technically Gen X, observing the digital world and the internet and the way it's kind of transformed is is, you're a person who I like when I think of you and your role in the culture I think of you as like a very long-standing person of the internet and and an expert on it how does it feel to be observing it as somebody now of like an older generation watching like the Gen Z kind of take over and have their own way of doing the internet I, I mean, it's it's interesting. Like, I, I mean, I, yeah, you're right. Like, I'm, I think I'm on like the one year where it goes from millennial to Gen X. So I I feel like I I was one of those people who saw people, um, you know, first starting to use the internet. And that was kind of a cultural thing around my family because my grandfather was a scientist. He kind of introduced the internet to us and that sort of communicating with people online way before like anybody else. And that is the advantage to my career, but it's very different now. Everyone is weaned on it. In fact, we're like three generations in almost, or at least a whole generation. And, you know, I think it just, I I guess you you have to look at all change um, in in society as being something that you just have to navigate with new tools and you have to accept and understand. Don't try to adapt in a sad way, like, hey, hipster kid, you know, Mm. don't do that. But I do think that there's a lot of, I think a lot of freedoms have been given to people because of the ability to find your people online or find your interests and be supported. But there's also a lot of situations where um, it's weaponized. That isolation is sort of like 
create festering sores of opinions where you feel okay in doing it, even though it's not widely uh, acceptable. And I'll, you know, for me, I guess the worst thing is the, you know, like the aspect as a parent thinking about like online bullying and like what women now are taught to do to reinforce their um, engagement and popularity, which is very much the superficial part of the world. And so I think that's really tough to have a public persona when you're a developing child because it separates yourself from being uh, developing who you are as you ought, you know? And I guess that's the thing that, that worries me the most. Mm. No, no solutions here. <laughs> no, no. I, I have a 13 year old. So I like, you know, she gets every day, she gets older and kind of more entrenched in like digital culture because that is the world, especially these kids who are kind of coming out of being coming, coming of age in a pandemic when like so many of them were in school online mm-hmm. and that's how they communicated and played with friends. And my kids and I were like reminiscing about their Zoom birthday parties that they had to have. Oh like, gosh. yeah, I mean, I was just kind of like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Like we went. You, you've had some weird shit the last four <laughs> years, you know? And these are like lighthearted memories, not, you know, not to mention all the like really traumatic stuff, but it it's interesting kind of watching the way they engage online. Mm-hmm. And like, I think you're right. Like we all had a moment where the world existed before the internet mm-hmm. and they never have. Never. Yeah. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, it's just different and it's not going away. I do... I mean, some part of me, it's like, are we in touch with reality at all? Like, do we know what it feels like to dig a hole mm. of dirt? And do we do we see these issues that, I mean, the advocacy of like TikTok generation is amazing and they know the strength of their voices, but are they experiencing this firsthand so that it feels organic and real to them? Or is it a mass demonstrative thing? You know, are you experiencing, you know, environmental impact or homelessness or are you are you experiencing these in person or are you theoretically um supporting them Mm. and for me like hands-on experience is so important and seeing things firsthand so that you know yeah cute lemur videos make you like lemurs but unless you see a lemur in person are you going to care about that animal becoming extinct i don't think so i think there is a tactile there still is a need for in-person interactions and in-person uh experiences that you know hopefully that is still part and parcel of a, of a teenager's world, but I don't know. It's, it's tough. Yeah. I haven't dug a hole. I don't think in a long time, but I did dig a lot of holes while playing animal crossing. So there (laughs) you go. I grew a turnip and that inspired me to go buy a turnip at the (laughs) farmer's market, which I had never had. So there you go. I think it goes both ways. Oh my God. It, It can influence your real life. Yeah. Do you have like, in addition to gaming with kids, do you have thoughts for like for us or our listeners or people who are like, I'd like to play a game? Would you recommend that uh, like adults also start with a Switch? Oh. I mean, I love the Switch, but... I love a Switch too. I mean, I think if you're inter- into gaming, I think uh, iPad and iPhone are probably a really mm. good way. I mean, there's some amazing games on there, whether it's just a puzzle game like Bejeweled or you're playing Stardew Valley, which is like one of my favorite games of all time. I need to get into Stardew Valley, I it's think. It's so good. And you can play it co-op. I mean, one of my favorite memories is like over COVID playing it with three of my friends online. I mean, I stream video I stream video games on Twitch, like part of my job or like hobby. Right. But at the end of the day, we played offline as well. And we all had this farm and we're growing things and we're mining. 
And it's a great game. So yeah, and and the wonderful thing about gaming is that there's so many different kinds of games. You know, you could be um, tower defense person, like Kingdom Rush is a great one where you're planning ahead and you're strategically doing it. Or if you like that visceral sort of like aggressive FPS, like I'm shooting and I'm getting that adrenaline high. I don't particularly like that. I play Fortnite only because I'm chatting with my friends when I do it and I'm shopping for better guns and then I die and it's fine. (laughs) I don't like being hunted as a hobby. So that's not for me, but some people enjoy that adrenaline rush. And then some of them like role-playing and you could play a wonderful role-playing game. So I I would recommend kind of like feeling out what kind of game you like. The wonderful thing is right now there's so many wonderful farming games like Mm. Coral Island and My Time at uh, Portia and all these like, ones where you're like, I just took my grandfather's farm over. And I need to make it nicer oh and I can marry someone in the village. And they're so wonderful. And I play all of them that because they're amazing. just comfort food. I was just going to say, okay, they wait, sound I'm so calming. Yeah. Coral Island. And then what was the other one you said? Um, my Time at Portia and Fay Farm. Those are three that are basically Stardew Valley, but they're just okay. a little more fancy graphics. Stardew Valley is the, I mean, it's just the height of all of it. It's wonderful. But also there's a, there's a game called Vampire Survivors I play, and I deliberately Ooh. do not uh, – it's just kind of like an arcade game you play in the 80s. And I don't put – I don't have a PC game to travel with because I'm like, Felicia, you should be writing. But this one will play on my Mac with a trackpad, and I put like 100 hours into it on play. <laughs> oh, wow. And it, there, it is for, okay. it's for mobile too. And it's just like a simple game. You're going around, you know, powering up and just shooting vampires. It's funny. You know, it's fun. Okay, well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Can we talk about um, Third Eye? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I'd your, love to. Yeah, your new Audible original with like a, a star-studded cast. Um, yeah, can you tell us? I mean, I know it was like a long, a, a long creative process. It was. You, so, <clears throat> yeah, I can tell you. It's an yeah. Audible original. So it's I, – I hate calling it a podcast because when you think of a podcast, you think of you guys, like really fun people – make it up as you go along, doing a regular... This is more like a movie or a television show in audio. And it took... I mean, I wrote it for years. And then we. it took a whole year to like record and do all the post-production. It's like, like a AAA movie in audio. Um, and it's about a chosen one, like a, one of those fantasy characters, kind of mm-hmm. like a, a Harry Potter... Imagine if Harry Potter lost his bo- battle against Voldemort 
and just choked. And 15 years later, how do you live with yourself as this big loser who basically failed everybody around them? Ooh. And so wow. I play the lead character, the chosen one, Laurel. And it her life gets blown up when a, a young girl comes in and is like, you're my hero. And she's like, what? So yeah, it's a really fun comedy. It stars me and Neil Gaiman, who is incredible, and Sean Astin from Lord of the Rings, and London Hughes, a hilarious British comic, Lily Pichu, who's a streamer and really, really talented, and Will Wheaton. We have like cameos, like Weird Al is <laughs> comes in and be, is a sprite. Mm. So like I called it on my favors, my friends, because it is a ba- my baby. It's like 400 pages, 10 episodes of TV I wrote for audio. And I made it because I couldn't get it made traditionally through television. I was like, I love this story. I got to make it. After reading, you had worked on this in, in some capacity for five years. I imagine there were a lot of ups and downs. And I identify, I mean, I'm projecting, but as a creative, I know there are sometimes moments where you're like, what is the point? This is never going to happen. Why do I do this? Why do I make this? What the it's hell am day. I doing? That is every day. I can't how say do, that I'm very... <laughs> how do you stick with but like how do you stick with it like because here it is it's been made like there there what were the low moments and as a person who works in an industry and creates things how do you stick with it when you kind of feel like nobody else but you sees your vision I I hear you. I mean, I made my reputation by creating a show called The Guild, which was a web series. And this was right when 2007 I started making this show. Nobody even knew what YouTube was. So like everything that I found creative fulfillment in has been something I did on my own. And anything Mm. I've gotten from Hollywood was as a result of doing stuff outside the box and just making it and getting it out there. And I have gotten trapped many times in Hollywood doing development and being paid very well for just to write stories that are later thrown out or never used. And it got to me so badly. And when I pitched this as a television show, boy, I think it was 2016 and nobody wanted it. I was so pained by it. It took a couple of years for me to even get writing again. I will, I, I'm not even exaggerating. Mm. But in the end of the day, I think, you know, you have to know what stories are yours and what is so important. And the wonderful thing about the time that we live in is that you can figure out a way to make a story for free and get it to audience no matter what. You might not reach millions of people, but you're going to get it out there and you're going to get it made and be able to move on. And, you know, I get stuck on projects because I I think they're important and only I can tell them, you know, these stories and I got to get it out there. So the fact that Audible was able to give me a budget and make the production so lovely, I mean, it really is like a big feature, you know, triple A movie in the, in the production of it is such a, an honor. But at the end of the day, making this, despite people saying no over and over again and figuring out somebody to buy it and having COVID hit and having to do it all on my own. And unlike having, you know, I expected to have other writers help me write 10 episodes of television essentially and didn't happen. And years went by and I just kept plugging away. I was like, I can't give up. I'm not going to give up because Ultimately, you know, life is very short and our careers are pretty short and you're only going to make a finite number of things in this world and make sure they count and make sure, unless they're paying you a lot of money, do things that really are only project that you can do. And so that's kind of, you know, making Third Eye really has hammered that point hard for me in that, yeah, I might not, I might just pay my bills acting and hosting and being a face for Hollywood, which is fine. I love doing that. But my stories can't 
die in development. They have to be told, it, whether it's a graphic novel, whether it's a Kindle single I self-publish, whether it's a TikTok series that I just do on my phone in my house, I got to make stuff or what's the point of it? If you're a creator, you need to make stuff. So I guess my recommendation was make sure what you're trying to say is important enough that if you say it, only a couple people will be reached, but they'll be really, really changed because of it. And that is worth working on. And that's what I, how I approach his third eye. Hmm. I love that. That is very You're thinking. <laughs> I can see your eyes. You're like, hmm. No. Is what I'm it's, working it's, on I important enough to so... me? I had to ask myself that question a lot. Yeah. I always think it's so interesting to hear how people deal with rejection because, you know, in Hollywood, I mean, in any industry, but Hollywood especially, like, you know, you were saying 2016, you pitched this as a TV show. No one wanted it. Like, I think for a lot of us, that would kind of be the end of the road, right? And the fact that now we're in 2023 and like we're talking about this new Audible series that you have and, you know, you <laughs> you stuck with it in a way that I think a lot of people probably would not have. And I think, you know, for me, that's also a good reminder <laughs> because I can, some, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard not to take that rejection, like not just very personally, but also as like, a okay, well, this door is closed. Yeah. Well, you know, <clears throat> especially with Hollywood, I've, I've learned that you really have to separate your creator self and your business self. And Hollywood is a mm. business. It's a business of creativity, but it's a business. And if their business isn't, but it's like you're a shoe salesman. And if you're selling moccasins and they don't want to buy moccasins right now, that's not their, that's not what they think is going to hit. You can't really be angry because it's their business, right? But you can't say nobody's ever going to want to buy moccasins. You could be like, I'm going to start my own moccasin shop, or I'll just wear these moccasins for myself. You know, if you abandon yourself over and over again, then you're just creating to please someone else. And that's not mm. what a creator is, right? Yeah, I, I could tell you so many terrible sitcom ideas. I was like, okay, maybe they'll buy this. Maybe it's, it's a nerdy girl and she's matchmaking, like terrible. And those are stories I don't want to see done. I've just wanted them approved of. And yeah, you maybe have to do that to pay your bills. But unless you have that creativity in your life where you're working on that one thing that you have to have made, no matter what, no matter the format, then, um, you know, you can feel really hollow and get more depressed because you're not as resilient because you're not being true to yourself. Mm. <sighs> well, F Felicia, I, I think we have both been admiring your skin this entire <laughs> Podcast. Yes, skincare. Yes, it's time. and we'd it's love time. to talk to you about your skincare. What do you do? Is this something that brings you joy? It seems like it does, but we want no, to. I'm really into it. my skin. No, no, my dad's a plastic surgeon, but he just retired just in time for me to need work done, and he's not there for it. So, <laughs> I'm. I've, I haven't got anything but Botox done my whole life. Um, is he a cosmetic plastic surgeon? Yes, yes. But again, okay. he just retired, so I'm SOL. But um, I am, I've always been told my whole life, stay out of the sun because you're pale and you're gonna, nothing good can come from that. So his and my mother's reinforcing, never go out in the sun, definitely has served me. So if my kid doesn't want sunscreen on her face, I'm like, do you want to look like leather when you're old? Okay, let me put this on your face. So that's how I deal with my child. Because honestly, most of it, most skin damage is all done in the sun. It's all sun. So I'm super, super into 
sunscreens, which I'm Mm -hmm. very obsessed with and have a lot of opinions about. I started really getting into skincare and trying serums and trying to, you know, just take it more seriously. And a lot of the things I went through were very expensive and they didn't really work for my skin. And in fact, I developed like rosacea and like my skin was peeling. And I was like, Mm. you got to stop. So I recently just like redid my whole routine this year. And I have to say, I'm I'm nailing it for my skin. Um, And I could go into all the products because I'm very passionate. Go into it. (laughs) Go into it. So at night, I use snail mucin, the cost RX. I'm sure you've seen that. Love it. I have very dry skin, by the way. Um, and so that's something that I use as my basis. I, I, I do oil cleanse. So I, I clean my skin with oil, which is really important to me. Again, very dry skin. Then I use this thing called, which is the game changer. It's called pyrotene. And most people have never heard of this. It's a rosacea. You've heard of it? Okay. No, no, no. Never heard of it. So it's a rosacea medicine, but remember Kinnerace? Remember Courtney Cox? long ago was advertising this thing called Kinnerace, which was like a doctor brand that you get at the dermatologist. Okay. I do not so remember if you, this. <laughs> so anyway, that was like the holy grail of my skin routine many years ago. They went bankrupt, but and the only formulation of the thing that's in that um, is basically it was bought by Pyrotene. So they're the only skin product that has this stuff in it that Kinerase used. And I was devastated when I lost Kinerase. And I swear that's when my skincare started going downhill. So anyway, I started using Pyrotene again and all the redness from using way too many acids and serums went away. Mm. My skin is like super even and it's beautiful. So highly recommend it. Then on top of that, I use the Do Instant Angel Moisturizer and some Kiehl's eye cream. And that's it. Sometimes I'll use a hydrolic acid just like once a week. But again, it just dries my skin out. And some mm. C. But I try not to get into it. Serums actually are not good for my skin. And that's what I discovered. So that's my skincare routine. And I use and I use like Dr. Hauschka in the morning rose cream. And that's it. And then I put my sunscreen on. I love on the way down. that stuff smells. I do you – when you said the Kiehl's eye cream, are you using the avocado eye cream? Yes. I really like it. Okay. I use so many. I just – I don't know. If you have a better eye cream – wreck me. No, I I just started using that because a friend was like, I've been using this eye cream for 20 years. And I was like, intriguing. (laughs) Yeah. It works. I've spent a lot of money. And then on top of it, I'll put like um, aquifer on my cheeks and Mm -hmm. around my eyes just to kind of slug Mm -hmm. it. But it's a mid slug. It's not a total slug. So you're really about hydrating and sun protection. Yes. And I will say the best sunscreen I've ever, ever experienced is my new passion. You can only get it in London and Australia. It's called ultraviolet and it has something in it that is not approved by the FDA yet. I'm hoping it'll change next year. It is the best sunscreen I've ever used and it has, it's tinted. So basically it's like the best BB cream ever. I will wear like a zinc. I'll wear any other brand and I'll get a little bit of sun damage. You know, I'll, I'll see my freckles come up if I'm out in the sun. If I was just using like a, uh, a physical sunscreen, this stuff doesn't let anything in and it looks beautiful. So if you're in London, go to S-Skin, I guess is where I got it, and get one of these tinted moisturize, uh, moisturizing sunscreens because it's um, unbelievable. Kate, someone in our Discord, our Patreon Discord, has recommended this sunscreen. And okay. I looked into getting it and you like you can order it from Australia, but it's it, I think it's like fifty dollars to ship it. And I was like, Ooh. Mm. 
<laughs> so I guess I just so have I guess to get we should someone, just go yeah, exactly. to London. We, we're gonna need to just go to London. I, I I wanted to ask about growing up with a plastic surgeon father. Oh yeah. Do you did that like influence or skew or change your thoughts on like the beauty industry, body image, body acceptance? Is it something you talk about with your dad? Like, I, I think you're the first person I've ever met who has a plastic surgeon parent. Well, I did have a breast implant next to the phone to play with because they're kind of fun to just jiggle around. That would be as one a kid? thing. Yeah, as a kid. You're just <laughs> like, boom, boom, boom. But I, I mean, obviously, I still have my original nose, um, c- clearly. And the couple times I kind of break, because over the years, many people have said, oh, you need a little work done, I would recommend. Like, I've literally had people tell me that. you probably work oh, more if you got Lord. your nose fixed. I just <gasps> did Invisalign, but, you know, I have a bad overbite and I have a little bit of a not perfect, quote unquote, nose. Um, and the couple times I brought it up to him, he's like, no, Hollywood's making you paranoid. Stop it, you know? So mm. it it was very sweet of him to not emphasize that at all and to be really clear about how the influence of other people are making you want to change your face versus you organically want this for yourself. I'm not going to judge anybody who does anything to their face, although buckle fat removal is very bad. You know, he's like, I, I think it's criminal that people do that kind of operation because later you're going to regret it so much. But at the end of the day, you know, as long as you're feeling confident for you and not trying to live up to a TikTok filter or something, do whatever you want. It's your body. But I will say that the younger the younger you are, the more you have to kind of question what's influencing me and should I abandon my mm. face? Like I was in acting class with a very famous actor who got a nose job and I was just like, oh, I really loved her face before. She looks so interesting. But that she became like super famous with her new perfect nose. And it's like, well, what's reinforced? Having these yeah. artificially perfect faces. So like how do we win? Yeah. It's hard to win. Yeah. Yeah, there's no, there's no good answer on that one. I don't think. No, right? There's yeah. no way. There's no way through it easily. No, there is, especially aging. I mean, the the kind of like cool. pressure that you're under, and like, what are you going to get done? And is this necessary? Is mm-hmm. this going to make you look good? Are you going to become like this nightmarish puffy person <laughs> with too much filler? Like, are these, are your lips going to have a long-term terrible effect? You know, if you get all these lip lip implants, there's long-term repercussions that people need to think about, you know, and again, weight, you know, body image, your face. I hate that most TikTok filters will make my nose smaller and I'll be like, I look prettier that way. And I hate that I even think that. And at this point it would be weird. I'm well-known enough. Like I can't get my nose done. It would just be like, oh, I'm the sad woman who's trying to cling to something. But yeah, I hate that the society puts that in my mind because mm. although guys probably experience it a little bit, um, the fact that we have to think about it every day is just not fair. Yeah. <sighs> yes. Well, this yes. has been a, a real treat getting to talk to you today, Felicia. Thank you for coming on with your wisdom and your wit and teaching us about skincare Thank lines you. I've I'm never heard so of. I'm so excited to talk about skincare products. I really was. I was like, these ladies know what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just fun to think about a cream, you know? <sighs> I love it. There's nothing better than samples. Like, if you are looking for 
a present for someone, just get them a bunch of samples. And just there should just be a sample. Like I know the Sephora checkout line is kind of just all samples, but like tiny bottles of things that you can sample are just the best thing in the world. Well, and that's like up Santa. The Sephora checkout line with all the little teeny like travel size things that can add up real fat. You can you put three of those oh, in yeah. a basket and you're looking at a hundred bucks and all of a sudden you're like, but this is so tiny. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the like in the grocery store, if you look at like um, mac and cheese, it'll tell you the uh, cents per ounce. Uh, if they did it at the Sephora, Sephora oh. you'd never buy anything tiny there at all. <laughs> Your good point. Cents per ounce. That's a, that's you don't even want to know. Nope. Don't want to do it. It's dollars per ounce. (laughs) Um, Felicia, where can folks who are listening find you and find your work? You can find me everywhere at Felicia Day, although Felicia.Day is me on TikTok. And that's also my website, Felicia.Day, which is cool. Uh, I have a newsletter. I have a couple podcasts that I do. And Third Eye can be found at audible.com slash Third Eye. So yeah, pick up something that I made or just come watch me play video games. That's fun too. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. I'm really glad we got to have Felicia on. She's someone we have like talked about having as a guest for a long time. So long. And someone I have always followed for years. Like mm-hmm. I actually in talking to her, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a person I have like observed online for over a decade. Whoa. Wow. That went fast. Yeah. <sighs> Well, Kate, yeah, we are time for twenty twenty four intention story. How 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 are you feeling about what you mentioned in the last episode and where where you're at now? Okay, my last episode intention was just to read, Mm. and it's so okay. So I have I am now in the final book of this book series that I have basically devoured called The Fifth Avenue Rebels by Joanna Shoup. I read them. I weirdly read them back. I read them in no order. I read them in the wrong order because it was just what I could get online on my library app, but it's fine. Um, They work as standalone books and I have fucking loved every second of it. I've loved every second. Love. Give me some high society 1895 romances. Yes. I am having a blast and you know it's funny though like i had read three of them and i had the last one downloaded from the library and it's still i was like i still kind of like procrastinated picking it up even though i knew i would want mm. to read it like i just like why I, why am i why am i still like looking at my phone as opposed to looking at this book that i know i want to read like that's just something for me to think about and to consider um, I will say that I have the Opal app on my phone and I have very heavily limited social media and access to other of, of my distracting sites. And that has mm-hmm. kind of been mm-hmm. helpful. So um, anyway, I I'm loving this series. I'm sad that I'm about to finish the last book in the series. I've loved reading. Mm. Uh, so I'm, I'll probably just now go through and read like every Joanna shoot book I can get my hands on and do that little cycle that I get into. This week I've got, as I mentioned, I'm trying to get better about being consistent with therapy. I have to do some mental health care. And I wrote this before I had my little one in the morning spiral last night, but I think Mm. I've got to do just a little, a little bit of like reflection and just kind of taking, taking note of some things. Yes. 
yes, yes. I'm not even quite sure. Like, I'm not even sure I have a specific goal with this. More just being conscious of the fact that, like, I have things that are challenging and just to, like, I don't know, make space for myself and be kind to myself about it, but also, like, know that I need to – I do better when I am addressing those things. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Um, my um, my OCD has been kind of like rearing up mm-hmm. in the last month or so. And I I'm tend sorry. to find it goes, it's okay. It, it tends to kind of, it comes and goes. I don't know if anybody else finds this um, with like the intrusive thought situation. So it's been really heightened. So that's one thing that I've been struggling with that I am trying to kind of dig into a little bit. Yeah, that's anyway. stressful. Uh, it's not fun. How is your screenplay challenge, Dory? Last week, I mean, I actually know, spoiler alert, I got a glimpse. I know this. I know how this turns out. But tell <laughs> us where you were last last time we talked. You so, were doing a screenplay challenge. Yes, I was I was all set to do my friend Alyssa Sussman's. Uh, she put together a little group of people who were going to write a screenplay in the month of January. And we recorded that episode before the holidays. And like over the holidays, I had some kind of like real honest conversations with myself (laughs) about work and just sort of where I'm at. And I was like, oh, I'm using this to procrastinate. Ooh. Ooh. Yep. Like the thought of starting a new project is very exciting. The beginnings of things are very exciting. Yeah. And then when it comes to like the hard part of actually finishing it, I'm like, "Mm, Mm -hmm. let's start something else. And mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm. why I haven't finished this book of mine. And I was like, I need to finish my book. And that, you know, but I actually credit Alyssa for giving me the idea, the confidence, whatever, to think like, oh, I could finish my book in the month of January. Yeah, like the way she sure. broke it down about fit writing a screenplay, I was like, oh, that makes sense. And then I was like, but I could, oh, I could do that with my book. Like the light bulb went off, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, well, this is this this is what I need to do. So I decided instead to finish my book in January, but using inspo from Alyssa's screenplay challenge. All right, the heat is on. The heat is on. So this week, my intention is to just kind of like stay in the habit of consistency. And I mentioned this on the casual chat on Friday uh, for our Patreon. But my like new mantra in all things for the new year is (laughs) 10 minutes is better than zero. And that's for writing. That's for yoga. I'm trying to do yoga every day to like help my back, which has been hurting. Um, just like be more flexible. Like as I get older, I'm like, oh, I'm getting all creaky here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but 10 minutes, you know, sure. Would I be, would I be quote better off doing a 45 minute yoga class? Probably. No, not but- necessarily. But a, but a 10-minute yoga class is better than a zero-minute yoga class, no matter what. That is so true. So I'm, I'm trying to, like, apply that to many different aspects of my life. And 
and try to let go of the idea of perfection in all things and holding myself to unattainable standards in all mm. things. I'm trying to break free, Kate. That's a, a wonderful intention. Thank you. Well, if you want to hear us talk more about this, join our Patreon because we did get into this deeper in our casual chat episode last week. We sure did. Um, and a friendly reminder here that Forever 35 is hosted and produced by us, Dory Shafrir and Kate Spencer. It's also produced and edited by Sam Junio. Sammy Reed is our project manager and our network partner is Acast. And Happy New Year. Thank you all for listening. Bye.